0: Hey guys, welcome to Scanner School. So listen, this part of the podcast right now you're listening to is an edit. This is being put into the podcast after I've already delivered this and received it back from my editor. You're gonna get this raw. you just heard an email come in. that's how raw this this is right now. So I have to do this because I need to address something. Today's podcast was all about how how and where to buy things online when it comes to the used market right? Not new, but the used stuff. The problem here is that the podcast was done. It was scheduled to go live. And the days leading up to this podcast release, something happened in our Facebook group. There are people out there that are going to be doing this kind of thing, right? There are scammers out there. It reminds us that if something is too good to be true, it totally is. This person was selling a 325 P2 for about $180, right? This is a 125 to $150 scanner. So it was really a a very impressive deal if this would have been true. The other problem is, is we learned now the hard way that Facebook, even though you can send money to people via Facebook Messenger, there's no security involved. Facebook basically says, this is here so you can pay your friends, but not for goods and services. So it's not really a bank. It's There's no protection. It's basically Facebook's way of exchanging money, and if something were to happen, Facebook doesn't want to hear anything about it. It's your problem, not theirs, even though you've used their platform. I've said it, or I'm going to say it now in the podcast, but I've said it, you know, I strongly suggest to use a third-party mediator when it comes to exchanging funds i was unaware until this all happened that facebook did not have any way in place for you to get your money back if something didn't work right but unfortunately now because of something that happened a facebook group we're aware of that i suggested using paypal in the podcast, I still suggest using PayPal. If this person would have used PayPal, again, hindsight is 20, twenty I'm not blaming anybody here, but there would have been course of action. I think what ended up happening was somebody came into the group, said I have goods to sell, found somebody who was interested in buying them, and then took off with that person's money. It's unfortunate, but these things happen. So today's podcast is now called, instead of being where to buy goods online or where to buy used gear, it's now called... Again, the emails came in, right? It's now called How to Safely Buy Gear Online. So the gear online, the scanners, whatever it is you're going to buy, make it generic, but how to do it safely. And the point here is if you're going to buy online, use a trusted source. You use, um, you know, if you're going to buy on Facebook, yeah, you might come across people who are going to be like this. And uh, if you don't like using... Uh, you know, PayPal for some reason find another payment platform that's external to the platform that you're using. So if you're on Facebook, don't use Facebook. Um but, you know, use something that you're comfortable using. Again, I suggest PayPal because it's one of the biggest ones out there. Um they are global. And there are I think it's like 45 days where you can actually go back and say, I want to, you know, talk about these funds. I've had issues before. I actually bought from a website and I used PayPal and the guy never delivered. And I was able to file a claim with PayPal and get my money back. So there's that. All right. So now that I'm done with this for about four minutes and change, we are going to go into now the podcast that was previously recorded and doesn't talk about anything that just happened here. Again, because this is all edited in. So it's going to sound a little bit different now because this is the edited file coming up next. So welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 103 in this podcast. is here to teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. And I need to know if I'm doing exactly just that. See, I'm looking for 105 star reviews in your player of choice. Now, again, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, what it's now called, is the big player on the block. So really, that's where I'm kind of going with this goal here. But if you think that I'm worthy of a five-star review, I'd, I'd ask you to please leave me one on iTunes so that other people out there who are looking for podcasts can find this podcast. You see, that's how Apple Podcast works, right? The more feedback you have, the easier it is for other people to find you. But if I'm not worthy of a five-star review, then don't leave me a five-star review. Leave me a four or three, whatever it is you feel like I am worth. I read them all. I have aggregators that will that watch the Apple platform, and it lets me know if any new reviews are out there. So this gives me an opportunity to grow and to get the content to you that you want. Because if I am not worthy of a five-star review. I have failed at my job to create a great podcast for you. So, again, Scannerschool.com slash iTunes is where you can go to leave me a review. Now, again, if you leave me a picture or stamp a picture of your review and email to me, phil at Scannerschool.com or DM it to me on Instagram at Scannerschool, by the end of 2019, I will put you in the running for a free Tutoring session. That's what I'm calling my consulting calls now. There are tutoring sessions. All right, let's jump right into this week's podcast. Welcome to the Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Okay, so one of the very first places that people look for these days when buying new or used equipment, when we're talking about used here today, is the internet. Now, before there was the internet, yes, there was a time for some of you (laughs) before the internet. Now, now, I've, I've just realized I've split my audience in half here. Some people remember the time before the internet where things were done by handshake or a phone call or something like that. And there's another group that can't imagine a world without the internet. My daughter being one of those where, you know, she's five years old and turning six in a month. And she could, everything was on demand. So, who knows? But anyway, going back to the topic here, you know, before the internet, it was very common to find used scanner and amateur radio gear on swap and shop nets, uh, typically that were run over amateur radio repeaters and frequencies. And... This would be a great way of finding gear. It would be either word of mouth. You would have community bulletin boards that would run on uh, BBSs or packet networks. Now, again, we're kind of blurring a line here now between the internet and also, though, going to amateur radio flea markets or hamfests. Now, hamfests, what they used to be versus what they are today, are it's like comparing apples to oranges. It's like comparing a 1970s vehicle versus, you know, a 2019, the difference between Hondas across the generation. I mean, unbelievable what what that car has changed. Now again, I'm not a a a driver of a Honda, but just or even Toyota. But looking at how that company has changed the way the cars look through the decades is is really unbelievable when it comes to features. So again, we're kind of comparing the old flea market (laughs) versus a new flea market. They're different in a lot of ways. They used to be really good to going and spending an afternoon and walking aisles and aisles and aisles of merchandise. A lot of it used gear that people were pretty much negotiating the price on, right? That's, that's how things were. I mean, Hanfest these days, at least in my neck of the woods, they're very small, typically fit into a small parking lot or a small community center. The exceptional being the mega shows such as Dayton or Xenia, how it's now called, since they've kind of moved out of Dayton, Ohio, and over to Xenia. But again, ham fests are great because you can talk to the buyer or the seller. It allows you to physically put your hands on the product, allows you to practice your negotiation skills because a lot of times... Amateur operators understand how things are. I mean, the people are cheap, no offense, on both sides of the aisle here. The, the buyer typically wants top dollar for their item, and the seller typically wants to pay what they believe is the lowest price that they'll ever go to be able to find something for. So, you know, it kind of, kind of um, plays around in that role there. So, HamFest, if you can get to one, It's a great opportunity to go ahead and find some gear to buy. Now, again, I remember in my younger days, we would drive an hour or so to go to a ham fest. We would cross state lines to go to one. Now, I'm not even leaving the county to go to a ham fest, to be honest with you. So times have definitely changed, and the uh, amount of goods at ham fest have also changed. So why did the popularity of, of amateur radio flea markets or hamfests kind of diminish over time? Well, I believe it's two parts. It's the decline of the amateur radio hobby, which thankfully now is kind of on a rebound. And I believe that, you know, the number of licensing is, is, is way up than what it used to be 10 years ago, which is, which is a great thing. And also the birth of the internet and well-established sites where you can go ahead and you can buy and sell equipment and, Definitely makes your audience a lot larger when you're buying and selling on the internet rather than just in your own backyard at a flea market. So obviously, the big kid on the block here is eBay. Now, eBay is or could be was a great place to buy used equipment. Where else can you buy somebody else's used gear with a money-back guarantee? And I will explain that in a second because this kind of ruffles my feathers a little bit as a seller. But eBay is still nonetheless probably the largest platform that you can go to globally and buy and sell goods. So most of us have at least been to eBay once or twice, but I still talk to people to this day. In fact, I, I talked to a customer of mine last week who just opened a PayPal account so he can personally go on a ebay and buy things for himself as opposed to having somebody else buy them for him and then this guy gives him the cash right this people who are still jumping on onto ebay so for a lot of people ebay is still this big scary machine where people get ripped off on daily and ebay is definitely trying to change the environment there so that doesn't happen again i'm going to tell you from experience in a little bit things that have happened to me as a seller where the buyer was the person that was doing the scamming. It comes on both sides here. But uh, nonetheless, I would say the majority of the time, eBay is a great place to do your buying and selling from, especially if you are the buyer. eBay's bread and butter are the people who are coming to eBay to buy merchandise, not the sellers. The money is in the buyers. That's what keeps eBay going. They will do whatever it takes, more or less, to keep the buyer happy, which means they will side with the buyer when it comes to how they can make things right. As a seller, it stinks. Not only does it stink, but it stinks on ice. <laughs> so it is it is pretty bad. So eBay works in several different ways. You can either bid on an item, which means that, The seller has listed an item, and just like an auction house, many people are bidding on the same item. Now, bidding can start the minute that the item is listed for sale, or bidding may happen up until the very last second. When that happens, you find that a lot of people are sniping their bids, which means that they are waiting till the absolute last second to put their maximum bid in. The smart way of doing eBay is to wait as long as you can and then just put your max bid in. Don't get into a bidding war because you'll just spend you'll just drive the price up. If you and Cousin Joe are bidding on the same item and you're both incrementing your bids by a dollar to outdo the other person, all you're doing is just bidding a dollar, bidding a dollar, bidding a dollar, bidding a dollar. Don't do that. How much are you willing to buy at the end of the day? How much are you willing to spend for that item? Is it $20? Good. Put in $20. When Cousin Joe puts in $5, the next bid goes up to $6. That's what it takes to beat you at that point. Don't bid against yourself. Don't raise the stakes, okay? If Cousin Joe then comes back in and he bids another dollar, it goes to $7, your your bid will automatically happen because your max bid is higher than his minimum bid. So we're all good here, okay? Okay. Your max bid won't go to the max unless somebody else comes in and bids lower than your max. Guess what? If somebody bids more than you, then obviously you've lost. But you're not sitting there last second banging on the keyboard, driving the prices up for everybody. That's kind of not one of the smart ways. It's, a, it's probably a fun way to eBay, but it's it's not a good way to eBay. <laughs> okay? So that being said, besides the bidding wars, there's also buy it now, which is like a straight, e-commerce website the buyer lists an item and they say i want say a hundred dollars for this item buy it now the seller will say okay i'll spend a hundred dollars on that item they click buy it now the transaction is complete you are now willing to buy that item for the price that the seller has it listed for the transaction is the hundred dollars okay you're now locked into exchanging money the buyer is now going to ship the item to you And, of course, payment will happen via a third party, a.k.a. PayPal, which, again, we'll talk about in a second. The third way that you can buy goods on eBay is if the seller does a make-offer. So you might see a buy-it-now price, and then you might see a make-offer price. Now, why does this happen? Well, this could happen if you're buying brand-new goods where there's a minimum advertised price, where, for example, the minimum advertised price would be $400 but the floor price might be 375. So you could make an offer of say 380 and because that is lower than the floor price, I mean lower than the map price, the minimum advertised price, but higher than the floor price, the seller can sell you that good at 380. A lot of times these are set up automatically so that if you make an offer the buyer can set that listing item that any any offer over a certain price will automatically be accepted. So unless you're absolutely willing to buy that item at the offer you are making, then don't make the offer if you don't want to buy it. If you're just testing the water to see if the buyer will actually sell it to you at a ridiculous price, don't do it, okay? If you're going to buy an item at a set price, and that's the price you're offering, then that's the price you are offering to buy the item at. Don't test the water's it's just, it's just bad, bad practice to do. So again, with eBay, transactions are agreements. If you list something to sell on eBay and somebody goes and buys it, that's a transaction. That's, a, that's an agreement. The seller will sell and ship the item at the agreed-upon price, and the buyer will hand over his money and accept the goods. Here's where the money-back guarantee kind of comes into play. If the seller refuses to actually sell the item for that price after you've paid for it, you can open up a case with eBay and say, the item never shipped. I didn't get it. It's been a week. eBay will probably very quickly side with you, refund you your money, and the transaction will be done. As a seller, though, it gets a little bit hairier. You see, because the customer is always right on eBay's point of view, eBay will always side with the customer. I have sold brand new equipment on eBay with no returns accepted. Buyer takes the equipment, has buyer's remorse tells me that they've sold and returned product A that belonged to the product that I've sold them and then decided that they no longer wanted my product. They've opened up a case against me saying that it was not as described, which it was completely described. They basically said that it was a knockoff item. I've sent documentations of original point of sales, original inventory, original invoices, and original shipping from the manufacturer. Sent it all to eBay. Customer, boop, falls off the radar. A week later goes by. Nope. Transaction. They still want to deny it. I call eBay. eBay says, no, 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 no. You got to let it take its course. You got to go through the whole system online. Don't call up because we there's no way to track this online if you call up. Long story short, I get the item. Sans box. Packing materials and documentation. Basically, I shipped out a brand new in the box, never opened, never used item. I get back a used item with no packing material. I can't sell this thing now. It's used. I could sell it used, but I'm taking a loss. Well, guess what? I opened a claim with eBay. They closed the claim in the middle of the night after reviewing it for less than two minutes. I called up eBay screaming, this is ridiculous. I've I've given you all my information. They said, Sorry. The automated system made a decision and there's no way that we can go against it. So this is what I'm saying. eBay is there for the buyer, not the seller. Okay. As a seller, if you have an item and you don't think that it matches the description, that it wasn't functional when you got it, you have a leg to stand on. Okay. This is kind of the point of this. If there's a scratch on the screen, if the case is... The buyer, I mean, the seller should be documenting everything, taking good pictures. There shouldn't be any surprises when you get anything from eBay. And that's what eBay wants. So eBay has things in line to protect the buyer from things going wrong. Now, when it comes to exchanging money, you always use, and I'm pretty sure you always use at this point, PayPal as the third-party gateway or broker when it comes to these deals. So your credit card, your bank account, your money is with PayPal. PayPal will transfer your money as a buyer to the seller's PayPal account. Well, what does this mean? This means that if anything goes wrong on the eBay level, you can still go to PayPal and say, hey, there's a problem with my transaction. I'm not happy with this. And then PayPal can open a case in your favor. So buying used gear on eBay as a buyer could be a very, very good idea. So now the one thing that is new with eBay, though, is eBay is collecting sales tax in the buyer's market. So if you're in California, New York, or any of the other big states, I think pretty much every state now in the United States now, you will see a separate transaction for the sales tax collected by eBay on any product that you buy used to be a great place to buy radios and stuff that were a couple hundred dollars and know that you were going to get either a new piece of gear, depending on what you were buying or used, and save a couple of bucks. That doesn't happen anymore. You're going to pay tax on eBay in the United States. So just keep that in the back of your mind. As a seller, I was only required to have eBay collect sales tax for other New York residents, New York to New York. If I sold out of New York... I wasn't worried about sales tax. Now, the buyer sees the sales tax. They have to think about that. And I can tell you one thing. It has certainly slowed up my eBay store. With that said, I can understand why eBay does it. We're on their platform. It is their rules. And it's what happens. So let's take a quick break. And we'll talk about some other eBay alternatives next. Okay, Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now again, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies and we sell Unication, Swiss Phone, and Apollo Pagers. We don't just sell to government and public safety. We will sell to you, the end user. So if you're looking for a personal device, like a Unication G3 or G5 device, maybe you want a Swiss Phone S-Quad the new Squad voice, or you're just looking for accessories. Maybe you have a department-issued pager, but you want a nylon case, a spare belt clip, or anything else, maybe like an amplifier charger, we can certainly sell to you. So check out eastcoastpagers.com. Again, it's eastcoastpagers.com for your paging needs. Are you looking for extra help when it comes to learning how to use your brand new scanner that you got over the holidays? Are you stuck? Do you not understand how to set up the Home Patrol database, a TRX-1 using Scan, Or are you just looking to understand how trunking works? You could go back through our podcast and get that information, or you can book me for a one-on-one tutoring call. That's right. I am available for an hour to sit down with you. We can screen share and go through any questions that you might have. Now, this is a paid service and you can get this by going to ScannerSchool.com or if you have a really quick question and you want a free way to find out what it is that you need help with, you can go to ScannerSchool.com slash ask and ask me a question for free. If you go to ScannerSchool.com slash ask and fill out the form and leave me a message via SpeakPipe or our local telephone number, you will also be in a running for a free tutoring session. So again, if you need to and you want to have a one-on-one consulting call, I'm available for you. But if you have a really quick question, ScannerSchool.com slash ask. Okay, I want to thank all of those who are help supporting Scanner School. Now, again, I want to make sure you guys are aware I'm not doing the podcast and not giving this read to make money off the podcast. It is simply there to kind of offset the cost because it does take a little bit of cash per month to put this podcast together. It is coming close to $600 per month to bring this podcast to you. And with the help of my Patreon supporters, I am able to offset some of the costs. Now, what do you get as a Patreon supporter? Well, at the $3 level, you get the podcast early. So before this publishes on every Tuesday, you'll get the podcast delivered to your podcast player early with a private and personal RSS feed that you can put into your podcast. At the $5 level, you also get the $3 benefits, but you also get free squelchy stickers. Now, at the $5 level, This is like a dollar a week in supporting the podcast. It's really not much. So for all those that are helping support the podcast via Patreon, I want to say thank you. And they are Dan, Glenn Bryden, James Felling, M.T. Bono, Raymond Hill, Todd Glendie, Craig Harper, Guy Lee, Irvin Thibodeau, Jeff Block, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, and William Arcand. We thank each one of you for your continued support. And if you would like to support the podcast, but you don't want to be a Patreon supporter, we have other great ways to help support the podcast. Many of them will come free because of the affiliate link. So if you're going to buy a new scanner from Scanner Master, we've got a link where you can click on our Scanner Master link, make your purchase. It won't cost you anything, but we'll earn a small commission for that sale. Same with Amazon and Butel Software. ScannerSchool.com slash support has all of the links that you can use to help support Scanner School. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you so much for your continued support on the podcast. Okay, let's return to our talk on buying used gear. All right, so what other options do we have besides eBay? Well, Facebook is not just for posting fake news, bragging about some big deal in your personal life or spewing your beliefs on politics. Facebook is a full-on social network beyond personal stories. There's business pages, groups, communities, and even marketplaces. Yes, the big social media Mark Zuckerberg will know what you are doing and searching, and of course, ads will follow. But the marketplace is a great way on Facebook and social media to exchange items so you can just go on facebook and you can click on the marketplace take a few pictures write a description and post the item for sale you can either do this on a local level or you can go into some of the groups that are on facebook and sell on a more global or national scale now there's some just general scanner radio hobby groups that are on facebook And that's basically anybody who likes the hobby. But you may also find there's groups dedicated to just a specific radio on Facebook, such as SDS100 and SDS200 users or TRX1 and TRX2 users. And again, you would want to sell your TRX1 or TRX2 to that on the TRX1 group. You wouldn't want to go into the SDS100 group and try and sell TRX1. You'll probably get flamed for that. Okay. (laughs) But. You know, that's 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 the options that are out there as well. So besides Facebook, I have personally sold items on Craigslist. I haven't done Craigslist in a couple of years, and it might be sketchy for some. But I've had some really good success in moving some older gear, some older and heavier stuff that I did not want to ship. So I'm assuming over in the UK that Gumtree might be a good example for you guys as well. But Craigslist, basically, a lot of people like to buy and sell vehicles on Craigslist. Take a lot of pictures, put the description in there, set up an email account. I wouldn't put your phone number in there unless you really want to be find out what happens to your phone number. And meet in a public place that's well lit so you don't get robbed, all right? Because who knows what is out there? We have kind of all hear horror stories where people are buying and selling iPhones on Craigslist and somebody shows up with a knife, Okay. So just take that into consideration. Also, again, you have apps on your smartphone like LetGo, and people do sell radio equipment on apps like that as well. I find Craigslist and LetGo to be a little bit more, you got to like look for what it is you want if you are actively trying to seek an item. I don't think they're they're very user-friendly when it comes to buying things. I just think there's too much out there in the marketplace. Now, for a long time, too, I've used websites such as eham or qrz.com. Now, again, these are public bulletin boards that allow users to take pictures and post items, and it's like a regular forum where you can publicly, or at least part of anybody who's registered on the site, can see the exchange go back and forth. You can ask questions, answer, all that kind of stuff, and then you can move things over to a PM or private message or a DM, direct message, how you're looking at it, and offer money via a direct message to the buyer or seller and, you know, right then and there, make the transaction happen. I like using QRZ and Eham because as an amateur operator, I like to know that I am dealing with other amateur operators. Their call signs are there and you can kind of do a little bit of homework. You can look them up and see, you know, their profile. You can look them up on the FCC website here in the States. And hopefully, you know, the person is trustworthy for ham to ham. A lot of people like to have that as, you know, kind of, You do well by others. I'm sure the same thing holds true for those who are in the fire department, police department. You know, you you take care of each other, so to speak. So, again, if you're going to do an online transaction like this, PayPal is the best way to exchange money because you have recourse if something happens. A lot of sellers will not take personal checks. A lot of them will be a little skeptical about money orders. Now, again, as a buyer, I would be worried that if I were to send a money order to somebody and they decide to ship something, well, guess what? They now have my money and I have nothing. Whereas with PayPal, you could say, hey, I sent this guy a payment. It's been two weeks. It's been three weeks. I still don't have my item. I'm going to put the claim in. Okay. So with PayPal, again, you have a course or recourse as to what you can do if things don't go right between two parties. Now, besides EHAM and QRZ, when it comes to forums for radios, Radio Reference is probably the mecca and the best place to go to to find a used classified section. So if you go to Radio Reference in the top bar, you go to classifieds, you'll find other scanner radio users selling their scanner radio gear, which is great. You can go through their profile and see what type of post they have. It's a great way to kind of do a little bit of research, find out what this person is as well. Now, in order to sell something on Radio Reference, you have to be a premium member. Now, a lot of people may say, oh, you know, why is it only close to premium membership? Think about it. You're selling an item on somebody else's marketplace. Okay? Radio Reference isn't taking a cut of the item like eBay is. It's a park. Okay? The premium membership is a park that includes a whole ton of things. And I think that If you're going to sell something, it's nice to be able to give a little bit back to the person's site that you are selling it on. Now, you think about things like with eBay. Well, the seller is actually paying for that service fee, right? 3% on the transaction from eBay, 3% from PayPal. When you go on sites, it's part of doing business, okay? So with Radio Reference, for the amount of value you're getting on a premium membership, I think that the little bit that it might offset for the uh, for the forms it's worth it it is so worth it to to do that and it shouldn't stop anybody from making that now to justify that as well think about it as a buyer i'm going to want to buy from somebody who's dedicated enough in the hobby that they are going to pay for that service they are going to pay for the premium membership to have the luxury or the approval to sell on a bulletin board okay this tells me that this other person, this other part of the transaction here, the seller is, he's in the hobby. It's another hobbyist, right? This isn't somebody who's cleaning out their grandparents' garage, finds an old tin can radio that they plug in and it lights up, but it doesn't receive. And they're trying to sell on radio reference because they think it's a vintage item, okay? Maybe it is vintage and maybe it is worth a lot of money because it is a rare item. And even though it doesn't work right, it still has value. But In the end, this prevents somebody from just coming on Radio Reference and saying, I have this item. I don't know anything about it. I don't care about it. I don't care about this hobby. I just want to get rid of it. Okay? There's other sites out there for that. Radio Reference has, I don't have to explain any further, right? We all know what Radio Reference is and and how well they do. Again, if you're going to buy online, PayPal, PayPal, PayPal. Finally, don't forget Amazon. Amazon isn't just for Prime membership and one-day shipping or two-day shipping and buying new equipment and new toys. There's also a used platform for Amazon. And all you have to do is just search for it as you're looking for, and you'll see underneath the, the price of the item, you can also buy it as low as X, Y, and Z used. You click on that, and you'll get a whole pile or a page of other people out there that are willing to sell whatever that item is for a certain price. So, again, Amazon's a great deal. And if you're looking at buying from Amazon, don't forget to go to Scannerschool.com support and click on our Amazon link before making that purchase to help support Scanner School. Finally, you can always sell on our new club, Scannerschool.club. Again, that's a community that I built just for you guys. It's not Facebook, but it looks like Facebook. It's not anyplace else. It's a wall. It's basically a bulletin board You can come in, you can say hi, you can share what it is you're working on, upload pictures, whatever it is. It's a community for everybody to get together. If you want to use it, great. If you don't, continue to join us over on our Facebook group. That's fine. Or we'll meet you on another website. Basically, I just want to put a place that we can call home. Scannerschool.club is the place to be. So let's summarize this really quick. Ham Radio Flea Markets or hamfests were and always are a great place to find and purchase used goods. They may not be as large as they once were, but they are still a great place to shake somebody's hand, look at the equipment, and exchange cash for goods. Don't be afraid of eBay. Yes, they charge tax, but it's probably got to be the world's largest bidding site. As a buyer, eBay has your back. Forums such as eham and qrz.com are a great place to buy and sell. Facebook marketplaces and groups are a good place to buy as well. However, many scammers are on that platform. Use PayPal. Use PayPal. Use PayPal when buying or selling on Facebook. Radio Reference classifiers are a great way to buy used gear. Now, again, you're going to buy from somebody who is paying for the premium membership on Radio Reference, which means they are dedicated to the hobby, not just somebody who's trying to clean out their garage. Well, maybe you could have somebody who is dedicated to the hobby who is also trying to clean out their garage, (coughs) me, but that's a story for another day. Again, Amazon isn't just for new equipment and new gear. You can go to Amazon for used stuff, too. And finally, you can check us out at ScannerSchool.club to talk to your fellow Scanner School students, buy and sell, trade, whatever, just talk, explain what you do in the hobby. ScannerSchool.club is your place to do that. Or even on our our own Facebook group, ScannerSchool.com slash Facebook group. Now again, all the links are online, ScannerSchool.com slash Session 103. I want to thank you for listening and we will talk to you all again next week. 73.